can I get down so I can I like the way you work it. The spotlight is on our athletes on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us for the Athlete Spotlight with David Riley and Princess Cooper. We love promoting the student-athlete performing in the classroom and on the field in court. We get the latest from those competing, succeeding, and moving up the recruiting ladder. No scrubs on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We are live this evening, the Athlete Spotlight, and our featured athlete is Keenan Jackson. But let me get in my co-host. I am Princess Cooper with my co-host, Duck Riley. How are you, sir? Doing well, Princess. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for this. And I want to welcome in somebody that's special to me. And all I have to say is hail to Pitt. How are you, Coach? Hey, hell the pit, Princess. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I, I, I like it that we can, you know, offend Duck. He's always talking junk. You doing good, Coach DeVoe? Doing, doing great, doing great. Excited about this evening. Awesome. I am, too. Duck, are you still there, sir? I think I'm going to bow out of this conversation gracefully. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> oh, hey, Coach, my bad. I didn't say hello to you. How you doing, brother? <laughs> It's good to have a West Virginia Mountaineer and a Pitt Panther for sure. Let's welcome in our guest here, Keenan Jackson and his family. Um, Keenan, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. It no is problem. our pleasure. How are you? Stay right there. Let me make sure I open up the the um, phone line for your dad. Mr. Jackson, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having us. Uh, it is our pleasure. And I think mom is on with you, right, Keenan? Yes, ma'am. Hello, okay. everyone. Thank I'm... you. It is our pleasure. Thank you for sure. All right, gentlemen, you all take over. I'll be there at the end. Okay. All right, uh, Keenan, first of all, I want to know, uh, how did you handle uh, the pandemic? Uh, honestly, I feel like the pandemic i mean it was you know, it was hard you know not being able to see my friends and my family but you know when it comes to when it came to a football standpoint um it really wasn't that bad i mean i was just in the house just kind of being able to work out work out in the backyard you know just lift get stronger um i, I was just i just i missed the the full friday night experience my freshman year um of high school we had uh okay. we were just limited we only got to play like half the games this season so I wish I got that time back, but um, that, you know, besides that, for my for my development wise, that time that I was, um, you know, just at home being able to work out benefited me in the long run. Okay, how about with school uh, being virtual, you know, remote instead of being right there in front of the teacher? How was that learning experience? Uh, you know, it was definitely a little bit of a um, you know, learning curve for me. Um, you know, I definitely benefit more, you know, being in the classroom, and that's where I have, um, you know, more success. But, uh, I mean, I just, you know, being at home, I just had to learn, you know, just, you know, just, you know, just do it differently and just learn to uh, pay attention more uh, on the computer when the teachers were talking and just, you know, get my my work done ahead of time. But uh, okay. I was definitely, I was happy when we got to go back, back in person <laughs> and just made everything easier. Uh, I want to bring mom in. I just, mom, kind of the same question. How 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 did you deal with uh, working in the school system? How did you deal with uh, the pandemic? It was a strange time. You know, you the students give our buildings life, you know, so to not have the students in the building, you know, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a better word, but it was just very – it was a strange time, and we missed them. And, you know, we had 25% um, in each day that first um, semester, and I'll tell you, once we got the students back in, it was a game changer. You know, you just want to see students enjoy the high school experience and all the things that come with it. Of course, it's the academics, but it's also the social part and pep rallies and field trips. So um, it was difficult, but, you know, everyone, I think, you know, I think our district did a great job trying to make it the best experience. 
Um, the school I work at, our principal, you know, was, at, you know, very adamant about making connections with the students that were at home, and I think that helped a lot of our students. But, uh, you know, sometimes I look back and I still can't believe it happened. <laughs> um, but we're just kind of grateful to be back to, to normal. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dad, uh, same question, just kind of from your working experience, how, how was it for you? Uh, from a work experience standpoint, things really never stopped for me. I, uh, I actually worked in the pharmaceutical industry, and at that time, I was working in infectious disease. So, again, I was right in the heart of it. And, um, of course, my physicians were still working, so that meant that I was still working. So, for, from a working standpoint, uh, those are times, though there were times that I may be, may be at home, I was still very much working, and there were times I still needed to go out. Uh, into the hospitals and to the field. So, again, for me, things never stop uh, from that standpoint. Okay. Uh, coming back to you, Kenan, uh, how, how many different sports did you play growing up? Uh, from the point when I was, like, a kid kid, I played soccer, um, Played a little bit of hockey, kid, a little bit of rugby. But when I, when I got when I was old, my older years, it was you know baseball, basketball, football, and uh, track is what I stuck with. And then you know after um, after my sophomore year, uh, you know I was just just running track and football. And then my senior year, I'll just be playing football because I'm graduating early in uh, December. Okay, uh, can you kind of talk to us about what made you? Uh, Choose uh, UNC over West Virginia, but uh, UNC. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, just, you know, the decision to go to Chapel Hill, it just honestly just came natural to me. Um, You know, just my visits uh, throughout my whole recruiting process to all the schools, they just, you know, they, the, the other schools, they, they couldn't match the, the feeling that I got when I stepped on campus in Chapel Hill. Um, you know, the coaches, they did, they did a great job of recruiting me throughout the whole entire process. And, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was, just a, it was just the best choice for me and my family. And, you know, I'm just grateful for – I'm just grateful to be committed and being able to focus on, you know, my own high school team for my last year and just know that I have a place I call home. And, um, you know, just looking forward to being there next year. I'm excited. Okay, mom and dad. Mom, uh, let me go to dad first. When did you realize that Keenan had something special? Mm. <laughs> Good question. Uh, so here's the deal. I mean, you know, as a parent, we we love and adore our kids, and we always think they're special, right? So, I mean, there's times when you may think it, but, you know, you kind of spit it to a side, especially being a former athlete. You just don't know what your child's going to be like, and you don't want to force certain things on them that may be motivated by uh, your goals and ambitions, right? So, you know, with that being said, I know a couple things come to mind. Uh, one, uh, I, again, I just remember one day, sitting on the couch and do that Saturday, Sunday, because football was on TV. And I remember waking up, and there Keenan was. He couldn't have been no older than, I don't know, maybe one and a half, maybe two years old. But he was lining up just like the receivers were lining up on TV. And so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you look at him and you kind of turn your head and you're like, huh. And so so there's that moment. And then the other moment, which, uh, you know, Keenan and I, we still laugh about, uh, they were playing in a – uh, I want to say a championship game, but it really wasn't a championship game. It was one of the pop one of the little leagues, and they had a extra few games that we were invited to. And so I just remember um, I was helping out coaching with Coach Nelson, and, uh, you know, they kept calling his number that day, and uh, they were throwing the ball to him. And it was in a place where – I really, you know, we're on the other side of the field, but is it a place where I'm like, there's no way he caught that ball. And so sure enough, he was catching everything that was being thrown to him. And so I just remember the announcer calling him catch everything Jackson because literally that day he caught everything. 
And, I mean, whether one or two, you know, defenders were on him, he caught everything. And so that's when I recognized, one, that he had the gift and ability, but, two, you know, there was there's something that Keenan has during game time that, you know, he, he turns into a little bit of a monster. And, again, once he puts his mind to it, he, he goes after it. So that that's probably the, the two times I really, I guess, set in my mind as, you know, what, what, what really, for me, helped me notice that it, there's something special about him. Okay. I want Green Mom in because I want to know, you know, we always call it it. When did you realize that Keenan had? Uh, you know, you know, I agree with Derek. You know, some of those younger years, you just saw his just natural athletic ability. And then as a former coach and athlete, you pair that with, his competitiveness, you know, that was always unique and special. But I can't say at that point was I ever thinking about where he would be today. You know, you're just trying to enjoy that moment, and it was exciting at that age. Um, But I think being a multi-sport athlete, when we would see him be successful and show, you know, next-level athleticism, whether playing baseball or, you know, just whatever, he played everything. You know, anything with the ball, he was ready. I don't care if it was volleyball, tennis, he wanted to play when we got home. So, you know, but you always saw his, you know, just natural athleticism shine through. So, uh, you know, it was exciting and fun because he just loved it. But I think for me, when I thought about can he play at the college level, it was his sophomore year, and there was a game where he was making contested catches and just catches that an average high schooler may may or may not make. And I was like, okay, maybe he can play at the next level, you know. And I know most parents are already dreaming and thinking that, but I think for his father and I coming – from the coaching and then former college athletes, you know, I think we're probably a little tougher on Keenan, you know, and, you know, just enjoy this time, enjoy your high school years. And it was never thinking about, you know, this is the, this is where you got to be. It will happen with hard work and the talent, you know? And so I think that was the time, maybe a sophomore season, there was a game where I was like, oh, hey, all right, this is a little, he's a little bit special. He's different. <laughs> the, the it that you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Keenan, how do you, manage your your academics because we know sports takes up a lot of your time so how do you manage it um you know balancing uh, my my academic and my athletics has definitely been something that um you know I've had to work on and grow um you know grow with over the years uh growing up but um you know my mom being a uh, high school guidance counselor you know she's been able to help me and you know kind of guide me up Got me throughout the process, you know, and my dad, you know, it helps me talk to, you know, things a lot, and it's really just my support, my support system that, you know, just has really led me and you know, and kept me going this far. Um, but okay. I feel like I'm just really doing things ahead of time, and then it is probably the easiest way to uh, to stay ahead and get uh, stay on top of things. Okay. Do you have a ritual before the game? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I usually feel like I, I eat a banana and I drink a <laughs> bottle of water. Um, that's probably the only thing that's, that's, that's consistent. Um, but I'm always listening to music. And you know, I, I, I usually like that time where I can just, you know, just keep beating myself for a little bit and not talk to nobody. And then, you know, just come back and you know, get with the team, you know, uh, closer to game time, you know, just get, and get ready to go play. Okay, you say you listen to music. So if I came in the locker room, you had your headsets on, took them off for you and started listening to the music, what would I be listening to? Uh, you know, on a game day, some some genre, uh, some sort of rap song, probably uh, NBA Youngboy, Lil Baby, something like that. It's usually, it usually be probably playing on the speakers in the locker room. To be honest, okay. You, and, and Princess and, and, and Coach Devoe know I'm down with all of that. You said little, little baby, <laughs> or little bow wow, who, who, who you say? <laughs> little baby, uh, yeah. That's probably okay. that's probably who would be that. That's my go-to artist. Okay. <laughs> all right. What are your team goals this year, and what is your individual goal? Uh, from a team standpoint, just to you know, just win and um, you know, yeah, just be successful and just play how, how we know that we can play. Um, you know, 
at the end of the day, you know, the goal is to win a state championship. But, you know, you can't look that far down the road right now. Um, you know, we're just trying to prepare. And, you know, when it gets to that point of the season, they'll just take a game, um, you know, just week by week. And, um, you know, just not take things for granted, not look too far ahead. Um, and then from a personal standpoint, um, you know, I just want to kind of, you know, just um, earn some respect, I feel like. And, you know, just, yeah, you know, just make make plays and have a good, strong senior season and just, you know, kind of showcase, you know, Chapel Hill fans and um, um, and maybe anyone else who has been um, has been down with me recently that, um, that I can play and that I'm going to be doing great things in college as well. Okay. Um, Mom, what advice would you give another parent going through this recruiting process? You know, most of all, I think just to remain, like, grateful, you know, I think for us, you know, even as Derek and I being former college athletes, you know, what Keenan's experienced this year and that we've been along for the ride is something that we don't take for granted. And so just to remain grateful and just to enjoy the process. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing for Keenan, and um, I think we've just really tried to, you know, take it all in and enjoy the process. But don't be afraid to ask questions you know, and think about the whole picture. Um, you know, we hope all Keenan's football dreams come true, um, but we also look at this as a wonderful opportunity. You know, he's committed to a great academic institution, and, you know, that is, you know, it's a great opportunity, and he's very favored to have that. Um, so I just say enjoy the process and, you know, take your time, but ask questions and remain grateful. Okay. Dad, same questions. You know, you got other fathers that are listening to, this podcast, what what type of advice would you give them going through this recruiting process? Yeah, so um, I have to reiterate, you know, what Nikki just said, just about enjoying the process and being grateful for the process. Um, I think that it's very easy kind of to get up, you know, get caught up into what's kind of going on. And from a parent's perspective, um, I think it's important that, you know, that they understand, too, that it is about them, but it's really about their child, right, and making sure that they support their child and listen to the child throughout the process. I think that's one of the things that, you know, is, is really important. I think that Nikki and I, um, we had um, an advantage to that because we kind of been through the process as a, as a former athlete. So, you know, for us, even though it was extremely exciting, I think that we understood how important it was for Kay to enjoy this process himself. Um, but, again, to steady be that support. Um, and then the last thing I would say is that even though Kay is being recruited, even though we as a family is being recruited, you're also recruiting the school. Right, you're interviewing every school that you go to. So, uh, to the point about asking questions, right? I mean, you you know, you want to make sure it's a good fit. So you're actually, in my opinion, doing the recruiting, um, rather than than recruiting, you know, your child. So, because again, you're letting, well, I would say you're helping to pick your child's next family. So it's important that, you know, you're actually doing the recruiting versus the other way around. Okay. And, Kenan, we're going to end this part before I bring Coach DeVoe in and uh, Princess. Uh, your advice to probably some of the young men are listening to the process that you you were going through or you went through. What advice would you give them? Uh, you know, the main thing I can say is not to not to compare yourself to anybody else and um, you know, their process. You know, just focus on yourself and you know, just focus on your journey and uh and, uh, just trust what God has planned for you and uh, you know, just keep your head down and work hard every single day. And uh, if you do that and you, know, you just focus on, you know, making plays on the field, um, versus, you know, everything else and all the other factors and, you know, what you want will will come your way. So uh, that's that's all I can say. Okay. Uh, Coach DeVoe. Oh, perfect. Hey, hey, family, how you guys doing? Hey, Coach, good to hear you. Doing me. well. What's up? 
Good, good, good. So, so, so I, I want to brag on Keenan a little bit. I, I, I've had the fortune of knowing him and the family for a little while. And, um, I mean, for those listeners, I mean, this isn't your average guy. This is a top-notch student, athlete, respectful young man, tons of humility. You know, I mean, he's a good ball player, but his humility, as you can hear by the last statement, is just going to take so far in life, if you will. Um, I want you guys to understand some of the official visits that he had. Virginia Tech, uh, NC State, uh, yeah, unofficial. Me, personally, I thought he was probably going to be a Blue Devil because I remember seeing him at tailgate doing Clay Chambers game at younger years. But it's been such a pleasure to kind of watch you navigate through the process. So, you know, hats off, man. If I had that option where I could give you some applause right now, I'd definitely do that. Um, so definitely uh, no, I really appreciate that, Coach. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I'm just curious, back, back during the All-Star days, you wore number 80. Why why, why, why number 80? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious. You know, I think you're 11 now, but why, why number 80? I wore number 80 because my boy, uh, Jameson Crowder. So, yeah, I grew up with being a bobble at Monroe High School. And, um, you know, he, um, you know, tons of great players that came through the, the years that I followed around. But, you know, he's one of those main guys. And, um, you know, he was wearing AD at the time with the Redskins, I believe. So I was wearing it. I was just wearing it during middle school. I was just number that I was rocking with. Um, okay. so yeah, you know, he, he's, he's been a good mentor for me, so I appreciate him. But I appreciate you as well. And all the stuff that you do in the middle school all-star man, uh, games, man, it's great being able to look back, um, you know, just see younger guys coming up and playing through it. And it's the pipeline, all the guys that came through, man. It's been great. It's definitely a great stepping yeah. stone for me in my in my journey. Well, definitely, man. Uh, like I said, it, it, the relationship, relationships are, are lifelong relationships, and that's something that I take pride in. And you know, just just kind of watching you go through the process and become so mature, man. I, I'm not even gonna lie and talk to you in a little bit, but to hear that baritone in your voice, it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> but you know, I, I, like I said, man, I, you you have you have the world at your feet, man. I just say, if I could leave one thing with you, um, in Ecclesiastes 9, 10, it says, whatsoever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. I want you just to continue to press upon, man, and just continue to make us proud, continue to be that example uh, for your younger siblings. And, um, you know, just like I said, you know, you got a big support system here. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. Um, I'm a family. I want to actually go back to game day, and I want to start with you, Keenan. Um, game day, Friday, um, who – does mom text you? Does mom give you some words of wisdom in the morning? Does she fix your favorite breakfast? And, and what does dad say to you throughout the day? All right, so uh, on game days, I usually – I like to eat pretty light. So, um, you know, she doesn't make anything, but she'll definitely, uh, you know, leave me like, with my um, – you know, maybe, maybe with, like, some snacks or something, or she'll bring something to the school for me. Um, you know, last year she's a team mom, so I'd see her before the game. But uh, my dad, he'll usually send me a text or talk on the phone. Uh, he'll, he'll usually be at work before it comes to the games. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no mom, how are you anything. feeling? Yeah. Mom, how are you feeling on game day? I love it. You know, I was a tomboy growing up. I love sports. I don't care when Keen was playing rugby, <laughs> t-ball. <laughs> like, I just love watching him in his element, you know, and just having fun and competing. Um, you know, I don't care if it's my friend's kids. I'll try to catch a game, you know, whatever it is. And so I get excited on his game days. It's, you know, these are memories that he's going to have forever. And, you know, I'm still friends with some of my high school teammates and college teammates and, you know, that's just a special time. It's unique, and it's a privilege to be on a team like that. So I just love seeing him in his element. I get excited. I'm I'm loud. You know, I like the spirit stuff. I like to support the kids, whether it's feeding them their you know game day meals. Um, but I'm in I'm in my glory on those days. I just I love it, and I know I just remember my mom saying to me she just would give anything to go back to be able to cheer for me in high school. You know, just one time, and so I I always keep that you know close you know to my mind and heart and. I know this, this goes by so fast, so I just try to enjoy it and cherish the time. Amazing, amazing. Same question for you, Dad. You know, your interaction with Keenan and, and 
and and you know I'm just proud just listening to you all and and how Kenyon is presenting himself. But your thoughts on game day? Are you nervous or do you text him and try to inspire him and get ready? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely you know I don't know about nervous, but I'm definitely anxious. Um, mm-hmm. It's always fun. It's always fun to watch K, and uh, you know we want the best for him and. And he's probably, um, I don't know, he's probably way cooler than I am inside, right? <laughs> um, but a lot of times, you know, even if you before, I'm I'm working the day of, so I have, and, and I'm driving back into town, so sometimes I have maybe a two- or three-hour drive, and obviously, you know, that's the only thing on my mind, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, just, 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 just getting there and all the things that I want to tell them, you know, because you've been kind of talking about the game that week or maybe a big game. So you just, you know, you want to give them something, but then again, you don't want to give them anything. Um, because, yeah. you know, at this point, you know, at this point he knows what he's doing. I mean, you ever got a chance to sit and listen to him in a film session or whatever the case may be, or I, I'm asking, you know, as he's studying throughout the week what, what, what he's looking at, he, he knows what he's doing. So it's nothing that I could tell him from a football perspective other than I want to see some pancake blocks and I, I, I want him to, you know, make his presence known on the field. And so, again, I'm, you know, I'm always telling him to represent, you know, represent us well and play hard and have fun. And those are really, those are really the basics, you know, I, I, I always want to tell them. But outside of that, I just love to watch him play. I don't like to be bothered. I mean, you know, everybody knows I kind of sit on the other side of the field. Um, just so that I can kind of just be away from, you know, all the hoopla because I just want to just mm-hmm. watch, and I, and I don't I don't want to be again. I, you know, I have some friends with me sometimes, but we just sit and watch the game. Not a lot of talking, and um, I think that's what I that's what I cherish at this moment. Okay, okay, Keenan, is there anybody um, in college or in the NFL that you pattern your game um, um, by or is there anyone that you kind of look up to and like in the NFL or, or college football right now? Yeah, like I was saying earlier, uh, James Crowder, you know, he's been a great role model for me um, growing up. Um, you know, just be able to see a guy that's, you know, from where I'm from, um, come up and, you know, go to ACC school. Uh, he went to Duke, played there, and then, um, you know, go to the league, get drafted. You know, that's, that's the, the pipeline that I want in my life, so. Um, you know, it's okay. great to see uh, Keenan Allen. He's the receiver that I model my game after a lot. And um, there's, there's a couple other guys um, that I like to, you know, just watch and uh, study their tapes. But um, those two are probably the ones that I model my, my game and, and uh, look up to the most. Okay. Now, I usually ask Keenan who's louder on game day, but I think your dad just kind of, Answer that for me. He likes to get on the other side and be quiet. So, do you hear mom or dad on game yeah. day? Yeah, it's not. Even I close hear her laughing, Keenan. Uh, yeah, it's not, not even close. Uh, yeah, my, my, my pop says so. He goes, he goes and sits on the other side. Um, you know, he just, I don't know, probably up in the corner. Usually, maybe like my my little siblings, my or my uncle or something like that. Um, you know, watching game here. <laughs> He's kind of like me. He don't like to. To be uh be around in big crowds and stuff like that, but uh, mm-hmm. you know my mom she you get the top, um and I I can hear her in between plays sometimes. She'll wait till it dies down and gets quiet. She'll scream as loud as she can, so I hear her sometimes. <laughs> Amen, mom. Amen. That's right. That's right for sure. <laughs> you know I we can go on forever. Congratulations to the Jacksons, mom and dad, um, well done. What a great citizen you're raising here. And just to hear him, um, I, I am proud for you all. I, I know you're pinching yourselves. And, and Keenan, I will be following you and looking and, and trying to see what your stats are and just make sure that you're performing in the classroom too. And I know that you can't help that. You have a guidance counselor in your corner for mm-hmm. sure. Congratulations <laughs> to the whole to the whole family. Um, Duncan and, and you, Coach, you all want to say bye? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be following you. And I just tagged you on Twitter. Um, this replay will be on iHeartRadio and Spotify tomorrow. Congratulations again to the Jackson family. Thank you awesome. so much. Awesome. We really appreciate hey. appreciate you having us on. Appreciate your kind words. And yes. Coach uh, Devon, you know what it is. I really appreciate you. This was, you know, what you do for our community. You've definitely given Keenan and young men like him an opportunity, you know, just a stepping stone for them to build on. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. If uh, if Keenan's not playing in the state championship game, we're going to try to get him to come uh, share a few words to the young men this year. This is the tenth annual, so like I said, you know, oh. you guys always are part, part of this family. You know, just love to brag about. Oh, he's a, yeah, I hope to be a part of that. I hope to practice it, but uh, I'll definitely be honored to come back, come back, talk to the and talk to the guys. And uh, and precious, I'll be the one at the gate. <laughs> You'll be the one at the gate. Okay. <laughs> Amen. And Kenan, um, before we got started, there were about fifty people that had already called into the system to listen to you. I had to search for you all's number. The 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 board itself is is lit up. So your support system is out there. A shout out to everybody that listened in. To Keenan, and this replay will be on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Um, it's a testament to how you all are doing things. Congratulations again, okay? Yeah, I appreciate all y'all that are listening, tuning in, man. I love y'all, and I appreciate uh, my support system. I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be here without them. So, I'm you know, more than Amen. thankful for everybody. Else. Thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank awesome. You. All right, we're going to take about a, a minute break here. Thank you all, and we're going to turn over to another show. Duck Riley, thank you for being with me in, in, in the next 30 minutes. And Coach Wolf, you got a little bit of time. Hang out with us. Never had it so good. Kenan Jackson and his mom and dad, the Jackson family, well done, you all. Never had it so good. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us live weekdays at 7 p.m., and on-site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at 5 p.m. We make it easy to talk sports. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show. I've never had it so good sports radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. All right, welcome back to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. This is the spot where we do She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess, and Brittany is taking some time off. She has some exciting things going on, and we'll launch again in August and get ready for college football. But I got my sidekick with me, the West Virginia Mountaineer, about to make me a Mountaineer. We talk about it so much. Duck Riley, how are you, sir? <laughs> Damn, Princess. <laughs> oh, they make me a mountaineer. We talk about West Virginia every day. Hey, look, that was a great introduction. Okay, all right, we, we're good. 
We're good. Duck, what a great family. Keenan Jackson, just listening around, I was like, okay, listen to this young man. And then to have his mom be a guidance counselor and his dad, you know, um, and how inspiring. And they were both athletes. That was just really neat to hear. Oh yeah, and and and, and lately we've been hitting we've been hitting uh yeah the gold mine on because we we had some pretty good young men on that are student yeah. athletes. We've had some gold mine for sure, um, as Fred Sanford said. We're sitting on a gold mine, and that's what <laughs> the athlete spotlight has been for us. You know, here this past month or so. Um, and, and just a shout-out to you and for those who are referring athletes to you and for you who scheduling all of them, um, just well done, Duck. Thank you so much. So thank you for hanging out with me. So I want to start, Duck, i got a couple of things. Usually, you know, Duck answers, asks the questions, and then sometimes I'll answer and sometimes I'm petty princess. But this time I just get to pick <laughs> Duck's mind. He's laughing because it is so true <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> but, Duck, I want to start with these young men that are now in the NFL that we saw in college last year. I saw some SEC media days were saying that um, that Nick Saban in the Alabama was high on talent but low on it. And I hope that, you know, the pettiness is coming out. I hope that's true because they've been on top a long time and I want the same thing to happen for Georgia. But your thoughts about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, um, who really you think is probably in the best position and will have a pretty good um, rookie season, um, your your thoughts about that? Well, you know, the great thing about it is uh, we, we have to look at who needs who the most. And uh yeah. and all three and look and all three uh teams needed those guys. I think uh I like C J just a little bit more than Bryce, but mm-hmm. I think Bryce is gonna probably have the opportunity to start quicker. But I, I like who they have in that kind of working with him. You know, he doesn't have to jump right in, but I think mm-hmm. he's ready too. Uh, he, I think they have Anthony, you know, Anthony uh, Dalton there, who's who's kind of traveled around the the league right now, mm-hmm. and I think CJ will get a great opportunity. I I think he is the Texans. So, uh, and to answer your question, who who I think would, I think CJ because he he he's going to have, and I kind of jumped the jumped the gun on this a little bit, Princess, because. I thought I just thought about Dalton being in in Carolina where they don't have to push uh, Bryce Young as quickly, but I think with CJ, I think CJ has to play. Uh, yeah. Uh, Anthony Richardson, if he if he throws the football anyway like he was dunking the basketball, I, we could be in trouble. But anyway, he I think he just needs some more work. I think he needs to sit maybe a year behind someone. And, and mm-hmm. get groomed. I I, I want to. I like to see the Indianapolis coach practice because I like to see how they're working on his mechanics. I know they've been doing it all during the summer, but you know he's he's got a high ceiling. So back to your question, I, I think CJ right now. Yeah, yeah, and you know that um, I followed Anthony Richardson. He's from my hometown of, of Gainesville, Florida, and. Um, also, the fact that he's a Florida Gator, so you know where I am with that. But if nothing else, he has such raw talent, and he's well. I shouldn't say raw; his natural talent, and he can really chunk the, the football. But I want to see how he does in reading defenses and understanding schemes, and and then paying attention to um, those adjustments that are made at halftime. But I am cheering for him, and I I want to see him sit and be. Um, brought along slowly, but it seems like the coach and the fans, and I hope they don't pay attention to him. You know, they want to see him right now, um, but but I hope they give him some chance, him, him some chance to really learn and, and sit down for a little bit, and then come come out and, and do very well. So we'll see. Um, I would agree though. My pick out of the three is C.J. Stroud, um, and I I loved him in college, and I was really cheering for him against Alabama. And I wish he could have pulled 
that off for sure. Um, not Alabama, University of Georgia. I take that back. So, Duck, I want to go to Bobby Petrino. And um, you and I both have been watching football a long time, and we've seen Bobby Trino, Petrino get, you know, more than nine lives here. And here he is with another one, and that's with the Texas A&M Aggies. And I don't know, Jimbo Fisher felt like he needed um, some help um, on the offensive side because Jimbo has been calling the plays. But your thoughts about how many chances Bobby Petrino's getting and how prime this is the opportunity right here with an SEC team in, 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 in the Texas A&M Aggies. It, it just shows you how no matter what you do and you're connected with the right people, they can put you in position to get another opportunity just think about it, Prince. How many people went to Alabama to work under Nick just to get that second yep. opportunity? And yep. now it, it seems like this is happening with Petrino because Texas A&M, at one time, you remember, maybe two or three years ago, they hit the number one recruiting player. That's right. And now right. you're bringing in – Petrina, uh, who has had success on the field, you know, we off the field is a, a, a different story, but on the field he has had a lot of success, and I think that he's in a great position to work with uh, Jimbo to get another opportunity to go somewhere else and become a head coach again. It seems like once you get with somebody and you and that school is winning. All is forgotten. Yeah, all is forgotten. Look at how Lane Kiffin, and I don't think Lane Kiffin was there two years with um, Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. Um, And also Sarkeesian um, was there maybe a year or two with with Nick Saban. So, and and that's what, and I I guess I should have assumed. How about O'Brien? That's right. That's right. Um, Bill O'Brien, I think, was there too, and now, I think he's back with the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Right. As the offensive yeah. coordinator. <laughs> As the offensive coordinator, one position from head coach, for sure. Uh, amazing. But Bobby Petrino, Louisville, Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken, and, and just think about the debacle with the Atlanta Falcons. He's had a lot of opportunities, but this is his opportunity to go under Jimbo and um you know, lent his, his experience, and he is an offensive-minded genius, I think, in his own right in college football, um, and then also maybe, you know, resurrect um, his um, integrity and his image, and that, I think that's what is going on right there. Um, Duck, I want to talk about um, Coach Deion Sanders for a moment, um, his health issues. Um, he's not going to be a Big 12 media um, days because he is going to have another procedure um, to rehab that foot and to rehab himself and get ready for the upcoming season. Um, when you hear this and when you read about this, how um, concerned are you that maybe, you know, um, the health issues are going to take over? Yeah, it's, you know, shoot, uh, Chris, a health issue for any of us is always a concern. But like you said, but more so for him, you know, you know, when you get to mess with people's feet, as, as, to me, that's the worst. Uh, I, exactly. I, I, you know, I pray that, you know, everything would materialize. But the one good thing about Dion, and people don't give him enough credit, he has people around him that mm-hmm. they won't miss a beat. What what they get out of Dion, Dion can motivate. Yes. He's a master at motivation. I, I mean, sometimes I listen to him, and I get pumped up, Princess, knowing I can, <laughs> knowing I can't get your fourth and inches. But anyway, uh, just listening to him, and you know, he's, his offensive coordinator was a head coach. You know, yeah. Sean Lewis. You got to remember when Sean Lewis was with Dino Babers before he went to Kansas State. Syracuse upset Clemson. That's right. That's right. So he's got, man, he's got so much. Now he's, you know, got Zimmerman hanging on. He went and got mm-hmm. uh, my man Kelly, 
uh, who's been Georgia Tech, Florida State, been all all these different places. Tennessee now he's with Dion, so they got guy with head coaching experience. That's that, like I said, they they won't miss a beat. They'll be able to practice while he's getting himself together, and he'll come in. He's he'll be more like the icing on top of the cake for them, because that's what he does. He can come in and inspire a team beyond what they think they are capable of doing. I just like you said, the health issue is an issue, but as far as football, I think he has people in place that can can move it along until he gets back. Yeah, what a staff! And Charles Kelly is representing him at the yeah. Big Twelve Media Days, and I don't think they'll miss the As you said, he has head coaching, um, um, you know, experience himself. Um, and, and you're right, Deion Sanders is the motivator of men, and Deion Sanders is the um, the the shiny quarter that you want to be, you want to play for, as you said. Um, if you listen to him long enough, it makes you want to run through that brick wall too. And so, hopefully, this all comes together, um, and Deion Sanders comes out on Coach Deion Sanders comes out on the other side. I don't want to disrespect him by just saying that. I, I really want to see him come out, come out on the other side. And I saw an interview where he said, "Well, you know." If I have to have a prosthetic foot, I'm just going to run out on the field on the prosthetic foot. So, you know, he – I hope that's not where it's going, but I'm praying for him that he has a successful season um, and can can have a winning record this year and turn this thing around. 1-11 is not good, and that made them make a change. I don't want to see them go 6-6. Six and six. I'd like to see – you know, a seven and five if I can, or an eight and four, and that's going to be tough. They open up with TCU. Your thoughts about that, Duck? Oh yeah, uh, I see why Dion there was trying to get that game moved. You, you know, you opening up with a team that just <laughs> lost it what the national championship to Georgia, sixty-five to that's, seven, at yeah, sixty-five to seven. So you know, TCU has got to be confident a bit to show they're bigger than better than that. And, you know, they got to be ready. And I, I think Colorado has to be ready for that attitude, right? Oh, what, what, now, they, if anybody should come here be, getting beat 55 to show with a chip on their shoulder, <laughs> it should be, should be TCU. But then again, you got to realize, too, Dion got rid of most of the kids on that team. Yeah. I don't want to say got rid of. He just kind of said, hey, you know, you a lot of you are leaving, but the thing <laughs> is, you got a team now. Most of the guys that still there, they remember the one in eleven. But you got a lot of guys that's coming in there now that don't. They wouldn't part of that, and that's the yeah. kind of brain thrust that Dion is trying to the mindset and stuff he's trying to install into these kids. Because you went here, we we don't care anything about what happened last year with that one in eleven. You know, this is this is new for everybody. So hey, let's turn this program around. So you gotta get that mindset set. That's right. That's right. And I'm hoping that that's it. That they don't they don't have that bitter taste about um, the disappointment of a one and eleven season, or you know, they were not there. So you know, they're just trying to to collaborate as a team, get together, and do what it needs what needs to be done. Um, to come out on the winning side for sure. Duck, you were a running back, and um, I think everybody knows the legend of you as a running back. I want to ask you about the situation with running backs in the NFL. This is a question that you posed to us the other night, and I get to pick your brain now. We've talked about Saquon Barkley, and he talked today, or maybe it was yesterday, about he may have to sit out. He may not have to, he may have to, you know, um, not show up and, take it to that level um, because he doesn't have an extension. And then we were talking about Josh Jacobs and also Tony Pollard. But I want to ask you about them, and then I want you to piggyback and go to Derrick Henry. Where is he going to land in all of this as we see a um, different outlook on running backs and their status and their value? All right. <laughs> this is it's so crazy, Princess, uh, because – it seems like, and you know this, uh, the running backs are being devalued, but I don't know mm-hmm. how you can 
win a championship without having a running back that can get those short yards, can uh, catch the ball out the backfield, and pick up the mm-hmm. blitzes. People don't realize how valuable it is for the offensive line to make a call where the running back also has to understand where the blocking is so that your Patrick Mahomes and them don't get blindsided. So it, it bothers me because Sikorn Barkley is a tremendous running back. Uh, mm-hmm. I, he, he can do it all. And for them to devalue him as far as going back and forth with his contract, it, it's like we talked about two days ago, for instance, is, is that now they're looking more of your B and C option so they don't have to pay that money. They just want somebody in there that's hungry, that could just do enough that could get them over the hump instead of having that guy, that breakaway threat every time he touches the football, either running it or catching it. So yeah, for, for him to say that he might sit out, I mean, I, I you know, being a former running back, fullback, that type of deal, yeah, that is very hurtful for us to even see what they're going through. You know, especially Josh. Josh Harris kind of carried the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. so so how can you not sign this guy a given what he deserves? Same thing with Tony Pollard. You know, they get rid of Ziggy Elliott because between us for the last three years, it really has been Tony Pollard. That's right. So, That's right. So now you're going to play games with him? Exactly. They, so you, you release do. Ezekiel Elliott. So you, you're saying that, okay, Tony Pollard, you're the man. Um, right. You are our number one option. Um, that's what you're saying. But now here we are in the off season, and you, you say nothing, you get quiet. There are crickets when it comes to a negotiation and an extension and more money. But what they're saying to impress is this, hey, you know, we let Ezekiel Elliott go, but we still want to pay you like you is his backup. Wow. Wow. And it's very unfortunate. Then you bring up Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, to me, would be able to fit in anybody's backfield. You, He's a one-time, oh, man, that, that guy. You just run the ball. Can you imagine Derrick Henry behind? Kansas City's line. Wow. With what they got what they got spread out, receivers, quarterback, that type and your tight end, Kelsey. I mean, I think he could fit anywhere. I you know, to me, I like it. he to me he reminds me more of a, a Pittsburgh Stiller type of running back. Mhm. Mhm. But Wow but in, and that's and that's kinda how I picture him. You know, can you, you remember when they hit the bus? And all that, even with Bale, when Bale was playing for them, I mean, they produced. I mean, because they're a run-oriented football team. And uh, when you have somebody like uh, Derrick Henry, you don't have to throw that much. There you, you go. Got third bread running. There you go. Well, again, though, um, we've shown, uh, here it is, it's almost all like stuck. And no takers so far. So, and, and what does that mean? Um, um, I, I, I feel for him and, and what they're all going. To, and I and I guess that's where I am is that again a devaluing of the position, but maybe you know of them as players too. And I don't want to get into the black and white of it, but that seems to be um, an issue. Um, Christian McCaffrey got paid, and I'd like to see these young men get paid, too. Well, for instance, and it's more going on, even when we did on the X-File, it's more going on behind the scenes than, than we are able to realize because when the owners get in these meetings and stuff and they're talking about these running backs, you know, and they're kind of telling each other, well, I'm not going to pay him, you know, you – you know, my thing is I'm thinking they're saying, okay, you know, we're going to devalue running back, so let's not go over X, Y, Z. And, and, and nobody's breaking out of that good old board network saying, hey, 
you know, you don't have Al Davis anymore that would say, hey, forget this. I'm, I'm going to sign the best player. So it's no way that Devin Cook should be sitting sitting out there and nobody's picking up him, Francis. There you go. There you go, for sure. Um, and I, I'm sure that come, come August, and then, of course, you know, um, um, OTAs, which are about to start, we'll, we'll see um, um, some movement. But it's a shame that we are down to this point where we haven't seen it. Um, well, you and I go back and forth. Go ahead. Yeah, unfortunately, OTAs are over with. It's training okay. camp. It's, it's, That's it's right. for That's all the training. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. it's for all the marbles. So this thing is, you know, it could drag on because what they, you know, with this, you know, this option of hey, you got an option on your year, and they can now they can tag you. I I, I wish they get rid of not being able to tag them more than once. Because it, it, it kills a lot of those players. Yeah, yeah. And they can tag you. Um, gosh, I can remember some being tagged two or three years in a row. And we can talk about the value there where the running back, running back, um, you know, tag salary was was $14.6 million, and now it's down to $10.6 So they've lost even there in the franchise tag and the money allowed for running backs and and, and there, there we are. But I agree with you. Um, just franchise tag them once and then, you know, put up or shut up. You know, release them and let them find somewhere else because it is, it is really true, Duck, that the running back's position is about four to five years in the NFL, correct? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to get what you can. All right, so, Duck, I want to talk about West Virginia um, and the schedule and, and – and, you know, what is it going to take this year? You know, I did see where you are playing UCF, and, and I think you're headed to Orlando for that game. Um, and I think the Big 12 is a lot like um, the SEC in that um, you, you, your schedule, your conference schedule, you just eat each other up, and you beat each other up and then hope that the best man, you know, two top teams kind of, you know, rear themselves and separate themselves your thoughts this year about your Mountaineers and um, what is it going to take? And a shout out to to the legend and um, and, and the young man Sean Martin, who is the legacy of of Duck Raleigh. But your thoughts about West Virginia? I listeners, when the season starts, if West Virginia is playing, I don't hear from Duck. Once that game is over, then maybe he'll get in the thread and maybe you know text back and forth and comment on the teams. But when West Virginia is on, if he's not at the game, he's watching it, and he's not playing with any of us. Duck, your thoughts, sir. (laughs) To me, the hardest thing for uh, West Virginia is to accept, and I know you shouldn't read all the clippings and stuff like that, but when somebody blatantly picks you 14 out of 14 teams, that you're going to finish last in the division, why would a coach, the media, or anybody else have to motivate you? That's motivation enough that yeah. they they have to find a way on defense to get the offense off the field. Because, if, you know, if you're, if you're on the – which you know – Defensively, if you're constantly out there, eventually you're going to break. Hopefully you won't, but it's very difficult to go in and stop somebody, you know, three times in a row. And sometimes the offense doesn't generate enough downs where to give the defense a break. Therefore, the defense has to play, I mean, all out. I mean, you know. The, the, line, the defensive line and linebackers have to be one, and the secondary definitely has to be able to control what's happening with these receivers. Uh, for the last few years, West Virginia, I don't think they have ever started the same secondary for the, like the last three years. Therefore, I think they're, they're going to have to shore up the secondary 
because when you saw them, when we saw them play Texas, and they went into the transfer portal, and they took some of the kids that were uh, D2 D-backs and maybe some FCS D-backs, went against Texas. I mean, those receivers were blowing past them. But you also got to remember, everybody that plays D2 or D- FCS uh, might be better, but there's a reason why they were recruited as a D2 athlete and a FCS athlete. So, therefore, we need to get some of these guys. You know, unfortunately, I have to bring up Florida. Some of these guys that will leave Florida and, mm-hmm. and go into the portal, you need to get some Power 5-type athletes to come to your school. And yeah. West Virginia don't always get that. And not making excuses for them, we don't always get that. But also, in the transfer portal, we all, we, we don't always get the, the best of the best. With that NIL deal, we, we can't compete with Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, mm-hmm. USC, and these type schools to get the best player and offer them what some of the other schools can offer. But back to your question, they got to make sure – their the quarterback situation is solid. This is the first year in a long time since Pat White and Major and them that they've had someone to be able to run it, to pull it down and run the football. Usually we like uh, a sack machine back there. They were getting sacked left and right. <laughs> <laughs> so, therefore, they're, they're open to that. What they're, what they're going to lack more than anything is, that experience at wide receiver because they lost not only the four receivers, but they also lost that tight end into the portal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But the two receivers, uh, James and uh, Bryce, they're, they're in the NFL camp right now, but the other two kids transferred out. And then the tight end transferred out the senior year. So you got all new receivers. So that's that's gonna make your job a little bit difficult because you got to get that that flow with them. You got to that you got to be able to identify what they like and what they don't like. But the the, the saving grace, hopefully, is going to be the offensive line because these guys mm-hmm. are three year three year starters and some okay. and one of them four. So that's that's the one positive, and I think. West Virginia has a stable, not one running back. I think they have a stable of running backs that could possibly play anywhere. So I'm saying all of this, if the quarterbacks and receivers can get together, they're going to depend more on the running game this year. I think mm-hmm. that I think that West Virginia could have not a great year, but I think they could possibly at least go six and six. Okay, you know, and, and Duck, if we can get six and six, um, uh, that is bowl game eligible, and that's what you want, especially when you've had a lot of experience transfer out, and then you have two that are now on the NFL level, um, and, and let's see if the defense can can hold them enough. And I and I hear what you're saying. When your offense is doing well, then they're not coming out on you know every um, every three three downs, and so right. um, you know in 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 trying to change that field position for sure. So, Doug, thank you for for hanging out with me. Next time, you know, I'm going to ask you about Florida because I'm worried, um, and and I've inboxed you and text you and send you threads. Um, I'm worried about the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I'm also worried about the defensive side of the ball with Florida because they lost some to the NFL too. So we'll do that the next believe, time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, believe, I believe in Naples. I, I, I think Precious, I think he's going to get it done. That recruiting year was, uh, you know, better. And, I, mm-hmm. and, I, and they have defensively, I think they got it right, you know, especially with uh, Sean Spencer, the defensive line coach. I mean, tremendous recruiter. And tremendous person. So, hey, it could it could be looking. I hate to say this, but it could be looking up for Florida. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's this year. And I know, you know, right now recruiting their number three 
in the nation, and, and that's the best that they've been. They had a run there for quite some time where they had seven commits in four days, and they were all four or five stars. So let's see if those young men make sure and sign on the dotted line letter of intent um, in December. I don't want anybody waiting until February. I want it done <laughs> in, in December so we can move on. Um, thank you, Duck. What a great week of broadcasting that we've had. Um, in talking to Duck, we're going to get started with um, the professional contributors and, and, and that whole gang um, um, here soon, the first week of August. It's almost time for college football, and I love college football. Next Thursday, Kevin Walker has already inboxed me. He is going to hang out with me on Ceno Sports with Brittany and Princess. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, I definitely got to tune in for that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he said he can hang out for two hours if I want. No, Kevin, <laughs> one hour is enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's my guy. Thank you, Duck Riley. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend, right, no okay? Problem. All right. Shout out to, to Coach DeVoe, and thank you for calling in. And a shout out to the Jackson family, Keenan Jackson and his mom and dad. We'll see everybody next week. we got a lot of great things coming to Never Had It So Good. We'll see you next time.